Hi there, beautiful souls. I'm thrilled to welcome you to the enchanting world of traditional medicine with Shaman Flora. I'm your guide on this journey, Jimena Garcia. And in this captivating podcast, we embark on a journey to explore the depths of self-discovery through the magic of traditional medicine. Sit back, relax, and let's uncover the mysteries of plant medicine together. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Traditional Medicine with Shaman Flora. Today, I have a very interesting topic that I have not brought into the space because it didn't cross my mind. That's pretty much why. And as I was telling you in previous episodes, I, I sit down every other day and I think about what content create and what to bring to you guys that it could be valuable and beneficial for you to know and learn. And something that I'm realizing as this market of plant medicine is growing is that a lot of you um, that are listening, after working with plant medicine and after doing the work, feel inspired and call to start your own business. So today I'm going to be talking to you what it's like to own a healing center, what inspired me to do it, what strategies I thought about when I got in, uh, marketing and branding and the collaborations and you know, the risks, the financial management, the legalities and ethicals and um, adapting to this new way of running a business. Because when you're working in this market specifically, there are different things that I didn't know when I got in it that then I learned. And it's not just the technical aspects of running a business, there is a much more broader um, spectrum of things when it comes to that. And what advice I have for you guys around running a healing center, a holistic healing center as a business. And when I say running a healing center or a retreat place, this also applies for those of you that want to start facilitating ceremonies around cacao, hemp, psilocybin, Campbell, bufo. I mean, whatever it is that you want to do um, around plant medicine, this will apply to it because the challenges are very similar. So before I start the details, I'm going to tell you what inspired me to start a healing center. So a lot of you that have listened to the podcast have heard my history and how I came to this place. And I'm just going to put it very simple. What inspired me was to create a world where people are able to live the best version for themselves and have the best life that they can have. Because I believe that every single one of us are capable of that. Every single one of us are capable of having the life of our dreams, whatever that is. Sometimes we think that is very unattainable, but it really isn't. 
is actually more attainable than you think of. It's just our limitations that don't allow us to get there. And even my limitations, I would never think in my life that I will be the owner of a retreat center in the middle of the jungle. That wasn't even on my goals when I created goals for my life. I had goals around traveling the world and being an exec in a corporate company and becoming this kind of figure of inspiration for women so they could also see that they can achieve all these incredible things in life, like traveling the world and having like a great reputation and just executing like a boss. However, (laughs) owning a healing center, that wasn't part of them. But when I started my own healing journey, and when I mean by that, when I started to discover the unhealthy aspects of myself, my unhealthy ego, when I started realizing that I had flaws and that my behavior and my way of being was detrimental to those around me, and then I decided to hone those aspects of myself and then bring them into my heart and then love them and accept them and change them, then I became a much better person with myself, not with the world, but with myself. I started becoming whole. I started to love myself, accept myself. A lot of things in my life started changing. My physical appearance, the way I spoke, the way I thought, my relationship with other people. And in that process, I said to myself, oh my God, I want this for everybody, not just for myself, but for the whole world, which it meant to be a person of service. So I wanted to give back what it was gifted to me. And I was thinking about what will be the best way of doing this. And then in that process of discovering what was the best way for me to do this, then the opportunity to own the healing center showed up. So that's something that for those of you that are listening and you're trying to figure it out, how to give back to the world and how to start this journey of giving back. Because if you are considering to opening a space like a holistic healing center, one of the things that has to be on top of your mind is that you're doing it because you want to be of service because you want to give back to the community. If you're trying to do it to make money, to become rich, uh, to, you know, to have a title, to be recognized, by all means, go for it. And I don't know how successful you're going to be. And if you are, please let me know, because I want to know what you did to become successful. However, When it comes to working with plant medicines, there is a huge element of this work that I've been learning, and it is contribution and humility. Those are two key, key aspects of being for a business like that to be, for a business like this to be successful. And I'll get into it, like, as we continue in the podcast, but I've been learning a lot because When you work in the space of plant medicine and when you start tapping into working with something higher than yourself, which is this really wise consciousness like ayahuasca, cambo, psilocybin, bufo, 
Iboga. I mean, we can just go on. Then you are just a vessel. If you don't understand that, my invitation to you is spend some time digesting that information because they become your manager. They become the person, the, the, the consciousness that it tells you what to do. You are at the mercy of them because they are the ones that are leading you. It's not you. And that's something that I learned a lot in this process. It's been two years since I bought the place and I've been working on rebranding. I've been working on marketing. I've been working on sharing the message of understanding how do you price a retreat, understanding what are the pillars of having a retreat and all of those things. And one of the things that I've noticed within the last two years is that there has been a lot of choices that I have made myself and then it just doesn't work out because it doesn't go in alignment with what the higher consciousness of the space, when I mean higher consciousness, I mean the 110 spirits, plants that live in that area, they don't agree with it. And it's not like they talk to me and they're like, Jimena, we don't agree with it. It's just that I spend time meditating and connecting to those aspects of the land. And then I realize why the things didn't work out. And it just is not in alignment. It goes against everything that the place stands for and what the brand stands for. So that's really, really important for you to know. Now, I got the center and... One of the biggest challenges that I had at the beginning, it was how to balance the spiritual and the healing aspects of the practice of running a business like this. So one of the things that you need to understand is that, yes, you are working in a space of plant medicine, of healing, of transformation, of teaching people how to navigate their traumas with very powerful ancestral medicines. However, you're also running a business, which it changes the whole dynamic of how to operate because you need to make money. The business needs to make money. That is crucial. If the business doesn't make money, then how are you supposed to continue running the business? And there is this really interesting uh, paradigm that in the healing communities, in the spiritual communities, those of you that are part of those communities, you probably are aware of these things where a lot of people try to detach themselves for money and for material things. And there is, there is, there is a um, letting go aspect of that, but when you're running a business, you can operate that way. You just can't. If you do, you're not gonna even gonna be able to start the business. For example, the business that I run, um, that all of you are familiar with, is Shaman Flora. He has employees. It's not just me. I have I have a team of people that help me run the business, right? If it was just me, I would not be able to do it. It will be impossible, 
impossible for me to do it. So that's something else that you need to consider. You need to have a team of people that help you. You need facilitators. You need shamans. You need a crew that maintains the space. You need an on-site admin. You need an, an off-site admin, right? You need a person that is not in the space that helps you with correspondence, answering emails, scheduling meetings for interviews, um, helping you with documentation. You need an accounting, an accountant to do all your accounting. What are the expenses? What are, what is the revenue? What is the budget, right? The people that live in the jungle, they are the ones that clean the space, build the tambos, uh, make sure of the electricity that things are not being destroyed, right? Then you have the on-site admin that is the one that is responsible of, okay, how many people are coming to the retreat? Um, what food do we need to buy? What are their allergies? So there's all of these tiny little details that need to be taken into account when you're running a space like that. And in order for you to have employees, you need to have finances. And those finances help to pay for your team. So if you're the person that struggles with charging people money for your service and you want to do this work, you got to get over that because otherwise you're not going to be able to run the space. You're not going to be able to have the budget to hire people. There is another avenue but that is a much harder avenue and you need to understand the value and is energetic exchange. That's something that I exercise not a lot, but enough um, to let the, the play survive, but is having an energetic exchange. There is people that have expertise that they can give to you and then you can give them something in return. But in that particular aspect, the person that you're having that energetic exchange, they need to understand how much their time costs. So then they can tell you, hey, this is how much my time costs. And then you need to understand how much of their time you need in order to fulfill whatever task or whatever project or whatever is that you need for the center to continue to fruition. So that's the aspect that is really important. So for me, it's one of those things that with the center, I'm constantly budgeting. Right now, the financial aspect. I have X amount of employees. I need to pay them monthly X amount of money. So that means that in a month, I need to get X amount of clients so then I can cover the base cost of the center. Otherwise, that money needs to come out out of my pocket, which is not ideal, right? Something that is really important for all of you to understand is that businesses have a life cycle, okay? Life cycles of businesses starts with like a little tiny little baby, right? When you have an idea, when you realize that you're like, oh my God, I want to create a healing center. I want to do ceremonies. I want to run, I want to run this kind of thing. So that's a baby. It's an idea. It's a concept. It hasn't been executed. It's just you and your imagination. But then 
if you are brave enough, because I will tell you this, it takes a lot of bravery, courage, and commitment to run a business. It's not easy. It's not roses at the beginning. It takes a lot of sweat and tears to do it. And it takes passion and and a clear vision. If you don't have any of that, eventually you're going to stop working on it because it's not easy. You can ask any business owner and they will tell you it's not easy to run a business. However, if you're up to the challenge, it could be really fun. So once you have the vision, once you understand and you're clear in your why you want to do this, then you start building, right? And then that's when you will get like one employee, you'll get like two employees. When I started it, I had when I inherited the center uh, in the jungle, I had, I think it was like four or five employees that were already there. So when I bought the center, I bought the center with employees. So I, I inherited employees. And something that is really important for you all to understand is that you can either start a business from scratch, which I didn't. That is a lo- That's a much, much challenging way of building a business. Not impossible, but it requires much work. It requires much more investment when you start something from scratch because you got to think about what's going to be the name of the place and is it going to be a location or is not. And you, you need to like bring it all the way down to like the tiny little details of it. When you buy a business like I did, it's a little bit easier. They call it, or at least I call it like a lock and key business because all you have to do is open the door and then the business is there. That saves you a ton of money because everything is already set up. At that point, if you want to rebrand, if you want to change the name, that is completely up to you, but you don't have to. I didn't have to do it for, for Shaman Flora. However, remember what I said at the beginning, how even though I'm running the place and I own the place, I got higher consciousness telling me what to do. That was one of the requests. It was, you need to change the brand. You need to change the name. You need to put your energy into this so it's yours. It doesn't carry that old energy back. So that's why I changed it. However, if you don't feel called to do it, you really don't have to do it. You can continue to do it. And there is a lot of things that you don't have to do. Like, for example, the Instagram that Shaman Flora had previously, that it was the Rainforest Healing Center. I didn't close that. I just changed the name and I inherited all the followers and everything that the Rainforest Healing Center already had. And there were a lot of things that I did that they used to be called Rainforest Healing Center, but I just I just moved it to Shaman Flora and they became Shaman Flora. So when you buy a business that already exists, then it's easier. So just something for you to consider when you're thinking about doing this. So going back to um, the stages of the life of a business. So once you start having employees and you start building and you start doing the work, then your business becomes a toddler right? So think about a toddler. How is a toddler? A toddler is messy. 
A toddler cannot survive without their parents. It's like constantly needs to be fed, constantly needs to be taken care of. It needs attention. It needs love. It needs you there. So if you are thinking of opening a healing center, like I said, to make a lot of money, it's going to take a while because there is a process. And at the beginning, this center is going to ask of all your attention, your attention physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. It's like all of your energy has to go into it. Last year, I spent so much energy in the rebranding of the center, in the finding the new name, in the logo, in the colors. Like it was, it was a constant work. The same thing with this podcast. I gave so much energy um, to all of it to be able to develop, to be able to develop um, the brand and then have what I have this year. And even then, there is so much work that needs to be done. Which, you know, there's times that I get like a little bit like, oh my God. And there's other times that I'm like, yes, let's go. This is awesome. And I get really, really inspired. But then after it gets to a toddler and once the toddler grows up, then what do you got? You got a teenager. No, wait, no. Before the toddler, you don't have a teenager. Before the toddler, you have a child, right? So now as a child, it could like do more things. It's not as dependent of you, but it's still depending on you because it's not full grown. Um, you still need to care for it. You, you, you're going, you're going to have more employees. Now you're going to have different challenges for those of you that are parents, you know, that as older your child gets, the challenges also grow with it. So it becomes much more challenging. So the same thing with the business, as the business grow, your challenges, the difficulties that you are going to experience also change with it. And once it gets to the teenager year, it's like, right? That's when things are starting to like become very interesting because now money is flowing. You still have to care for it. You think that the business things like now it has like made it and is like on the top of the world because as teenagers, when we were there, we thought that we knew everything, but you're not there yet. And then you go into young adult. And when a business is a young adult, then they have a little bit more structure. Um, they're making a little bit more money. Um, the revenue is flowing in, but then at the same thing, like expenses are going out and all of these things are happening. So you got to bring some wise people, some people that have some experience. I got to say, I'm very blessed to have really good mentors and people that can help me when I feel a struggle and I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. And to be honest with you, the Rainforest Healing Center right now is at a toddler, it's a, it's at a toddler place. I'm not even a child yet. Uh, and sometimes we go back and forth between the toddler and the child, but it's not even a teenager yet because there is so much more that needs to be developed as I continue going through the journey of this business. And then I could continue go on, but then the peak stage is when is like a much it's an adult, and a business that is an adult is a business that at that point it has everything. There is procedures, there is programs, there is rules, there is regulations. Um, 
the whole business is running itself and you don't need to worry about it so much. At that point, you're not running the space. The space is being run by itself. And all you need to do is like oversee and then make sure that everything goes well. This stage can last years. It can last decades, but it really depends on the leadership to make sure that that's the case. Because then after that, then that's when the business starts decaying. Every single business goes through this cycle. All businesses go through the cycle. We go through that cycle, right? So then after an adult, then it becomes much older and then much, much older, and then eventually the decay and then it closes. So that's also another reason why for every business that you have, not just a healing center, but every business that you have, you got to have an exit strategy. It's super, super important. I this, I think about the exit strategy of Shaman Flora every single day because I know that I'm not going to live for, forever, that I'm not going to be able to run this forever. And then at some point, I'm going to want to retire and I want to pass it on to someone else. Who is that someone else? I don't know. That person hasn't come yet. And I don't think it's going to come anytime soon. However, I do need, I do get to think about these things and I do get to like think of the future of the business because of the business. So these are like a few things that like when I joined, when I bought the business, I wasn't aware of. Thank God I learned these things right after I got the business because I was like, I need to get on it. I need to learn how to do this in a way that I'm going to build a structure because that's something that you also need. You need a structure. You can't just like wing it. I mean, you can if you want to. However, there's going to be so many things that you are going to miss because you did that. You want to have an LLC. That is super important. Make sure you do that. I have an LLC. It's really easy to do, but when you open a business, you need to have an LLC because now you also want to separate your finances. You want to separate your personal finances to the business finances. You want to see how much you are spending on the business versus how much you're making on the business. One of the things that is really important to have in a business is a clear understanding of your finances. And this is the challenge with spiritual businesses, with people that do a spiritual work, they ignore this part of the business. And let me tell you, it's one of the most important parts of a business is the optics, the finances, understanding where does the money go? Where does the money come from? How much money you're making a month, in a quarter, in six months, in a year? And it takes time. It takes time to collect this information. I've been doing this for two years. And just now I have a clear understanding of how much money goes into different things that I spend. And now I'm able to create budgets and understand, okay, this is how much money I need a year for my recording of the podcast. This is how much I need for marketing. This is how much I need for branding. This is how much I need for my employees. This is how much I need for my assistant. So once you understand all of this and you start creating that infrastructure for your business, then you have a better clarity of how much money to charge your clients. A lot of people tell me, Jimena, I don't know how much to charge. And I struggle with that too. 
don't get me wrong, is this, I, I think that's like one of the hardest things that business owners go through is like, how much do I charge a client? How much is too much? How much is too little? Am I charging them enough for, for me to make money? And someone said to me the other day, I was having this conversation because I love having business conversations with people and understanding business. And they said, well, how much do you want to make? And I said, what do you mean? And then the person said, yes, how much after all your expenses, how much money you want to have in your bank account? And I thought about it and I said, you know what? Let me think about it. Let me sit with that. So then what I did is I took all the information that I collected for the last two years about my business, about expenses, about revenue, and then I added all up. And then I took how much I want to make a year and I bundled it all up. And then I broke it down in months, um, in, in weeks. And then a number came up and I said, oh, interesting. So this is how much is, this is how much I should charge people based on that math. And it's something that right now I'm putting into tests because that's another thing when it comes to businesses. Testing is crucial. You always want to test your prices. You want to test your marketing. You want to test uh, your ads because you really don't know what people are going to be attracted to, right? I'm, I'm reading this really good book by Abraham, um, Jay Abraham. Um, it's about how to um, proof, uh, recession proof your business. And one of the things that he was talking about in his book is the importance of marketing and advertisement. Advertisement and marketing is the fuel of your business. That's something that I'm currently learning. I'm learning the power of it and how to do it. Because when you market your business, when you advertise your business, that's how people are going to have an insight into your business. Otherwise, how will they know you? Is that, is that simple? Like it's, it's not about like having more followers and, and kind of like bombarding people with things. It's about intentionally sending your message to the world so then people can receive it. And something that I've been learning is how selfish of me is not to share my message. How selfish of me is not to put what I do out there for other people to also be aware. So that takes me to the next point is marketing and branding. And let me tell you, branding and marketing is something that a lot of people that are starting a business do not spend time and energy in it. And it's really important to spend some time in it. Because when you brand your your business, when you understand your brand, when you understand what is that? What is your mission? What is your vision? What do you stand for? What are the values of your company? What, what are the personas, the value personas? What are the people that you want to market your business to? What kind of clients do you want to have? What do they like? What do they don't like? When we don't understand those aspects of our business, that's like detrimental. Because that means that you are selling a product that you have no relationship to it whatsoever. And then even higher than that, when you hire people 
you don't know if these people are in alignment with what you are creating. So every business requires a foundation. So I invite you all to create a foundation for your business. And what is the foundation? Your brand, um, your marketing, um, your vision, your mission, your values, uh, your finances. And I know it's a lot because it is a lot to run a business. It's just not like, okay, I'm going to run a business. There's things that you're going to figure it out as you go. That has been me. I've been figuring out a lot of it as I go. I do have the ability that I come from a corporate background. Um, and my my dad was a business owner. So I watch him a lot around his business and how he did things and how he did his finances. And then working in corporate, it gave me the background of how to run projects and how to manage um, priorities and things like that. And still, there is so much of it that in the middle of it, I've been kind of educating myself and, and going through it. And I've been learning. And with all of that, right, like I just talk about finances, I talk about marketing, I talk about branding, I talk about why did I did what I did, the importance of contribution. But this part, guys, is one of the parts that I've been discovering and no one told me. And is the spiritual aspect of owning a healing center. The spiritual aspect that goes with working with shamans. That working with people that have access to higher consciousness. And it's crucial for all of you to understand that when you choose to serve a medicine, when you choose to work in the spiritual work, there is also a spiritual liability that comes with it. It, it does. It completely does. Um, when you work with shamans, these are people, or maestros, or pajes, or taitas, these are people that have been working with, with plant medicine for years. They have been dieting. They have communing with spirits. They have powers beyond your understanding and my understanding. They can manipulate matter. They can heal people. They can pull dark entities out of a person's body. And for those of you that have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. So when you start a business of plant medicine, these people become your partners in the business. They don't own part of your business, but they are your employees. So for example, let's say you have an employee in your company and then you do something that the employee doesn't like and then the employee sues you and then you go through a zoo law, right? That's a standard that could happen, has happened in other businesses. And then what you do, you hire a lawyer and then you go through the process and then you fight and da 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 da, -da right? However, when you work in plant medicine and when you have employees that are shamans and then you do something that they don't like, there is a spiritual liability in that aspect. This was something that one of my shamans explained to me. And then I learned, 
And as I'm continuing to working in this space, I'm learning even more. And this woman said to me one day, she said, Jimena, when you work with shamans, you got to be very mindful of how you talk to them, of how you treat them, and even the pay that you give them. Because shamans work with spirits. They diet plants. When you diet a plant, what's end up happening is you commune with the spirit of that plant. And after you commune with the spirit of that plant, that plant becomes your ally. So now you have an arsenal of spirits, of plants that are protecting you, that are guiding you, that are supporting you, that are gifting you their abilities, even if you see it or not, but they're a part of you now. So if I end up infuriating a shaman and the shaman gets mad at me, they may not do anything to me, right? The shaman will be like, oh, F Jimena, like, I never want to work with her. Like, she's a horrible human being. And they just walk away and they will just do their own thing. But the spirit plants that they have communed with, that are taking care of them, those plants, they will come and they will attack my spirit and they were fine to harm me because their job is to protect that shaman. So that's what they're going to do. And then when she told me this, I said, oh my God. I was like, thank you for letting me know that because I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, and now I understand, now I understand that. So there is that other aspect too, that you're working with forces that you can't see. So for those of you that want to do this work, you better prepare yourself spiritually to also have a strong spiritual presence, you know, like when you have a business, what it was, what is one of the things that, what is one person in your team that you need if anything goes AWAC? A lawyer. You need a lawyer. That's super important to have in any business. So if anything happens, you go to your lawyer and then your lawyer helps you out. So, because, you know, there's things that can happen in a business that a lawyer needs to take care of. So the same thing happened spiritually. You need to prepare yourself spiritually when you run a business like this for any sort of a spiritual attack that can come to you either from another shaman, from another spirit, for other entities that want to like invade your space because you are you know, invading theirs, I mean, is really unknown, but it's completely open for that. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because a lot of people that want to go into this work, they miss this part. They think that it's all rainbows and unicorns. And yeah, I mean, there is an aspect of it. But when you're working in a healing center, when you're working on serving medicine to people, let me tell you, and I told you this before, you are working in the shadows because you are the light. So you as the light, you go into those places and then you bring people from that shadows into the light. So there is a liability in that aspect that you got to be prepared mentally and consciously and you got to like do your practice and you got to do your work 
I mean, for Christ's sake, I have someone the other day sending me sending me an email saying that they needed help because a bunch of like Satanists are attacking this person and is looking for someone to help them and they don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I have a little bit of experience in that department and there's one or two things that I can offer to that individual for them to help. But that's the kind of work that sometimes goes in. It's, 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 it's dark and it's, it's scary. And if you want to do this work, you got to be ready to, to face those challenges that come with that. So it's not just the financial challenge, the marketing challenge, the branding challenge, the finding people to collaborate with. There is also a spiritual aspect of it that you also get to be aware of if you want to run a business of this kind of market. It's much more complex. To be honest, it's much easier to go with the regular business than running a healing center. It is not easy work. It's beautiful and it's so rewarding to see people come out of the retreats and their life completely change and transform and their minds open and their consciousness completely change and their transformation. I mean, it's incredible. I've seen miracles in front of me. And this is the reason why I do the work. However, I'm also very aware and very grounded of the challenges and the liabilities that comes with it. So this is just, just a little bit of my experience of running a healing center, the things that I wish I knew and someone would have told me. If it was a lot, that's that's how I roll. I hope that this episode gave you a little bit of insight of what it's like to run a healing center. I probably will do another episode where I go deeper into strategies of marketing and branding this particular market. And then um, especially doing your uh, bio persona, which is really, really important. That's something that I just recently learned because I went from one bio persona at the beginning and then I just recently changed it to another one. And even that also has its challenge. Uh, but I think that is really important for me to ch- share this information with all of you because if any that is listening to this message right now is feeling called to do this, I highly encourage you to do it because there is so much gifts in the process and you grow so much as a human being. The person that I was two years ago, let me tell you, is not the same person, which I love because I'm a fanatic of growth and change and transformation. So if you want to do the same thing, go for it because the world needs it. But remember, do it with service, do it with contribution, do it with integrity, do it with with tradition, respect the, the practices, and then share them. And if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you want to learn more, if you want to talk to me directly about this topic and you want to get some inputs or insights um, of how it's like and how do you find the right facilitator and how you write the, the, the right shaman and how do you find the right people for your team, that's something that I can, you know, share my experience and tell you more about because there is a process. I do have a process for that. Um, and it works for me very well. And I'm very blessed to say that the people that I'm currently working with, they're all in alignment with the values of my brand. 
And that's how I do it. I make sure that they respect the values of my brand and they understand them because I understand them and that's how I roll and that's how I go about it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoy it. Like I said, if you have any questions, you can email me at info Flora, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for joining us on this magical voyage. Your presence means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your preferred platform and catch our next episode next Wednesday. Your support spreads the wisdom of plant medicine far and wide. And remember to connect with our community on Instagram, join our Facebook group at Shaman Flora, or visit our website for exclusive content and resources at shamanflora.com. Until next Wednesday, and friends, stay inspired, stay connected, and let the healing power of the plants illuminate your path. Many blessings to you, and thank you for being part of the Shaman Flora family.